Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Our last episode, we wrapped up what I spoke of where the dance between the anointing and the desert. We continue this thought in verse 22 of Matthew 14. Matthew 14 and verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Today, I want to talk about an unexpected revelation. Remember, Matthew is writing to the Jews to persuade Jesus that he's the Christ, not only the Savior for the Jews, but the Savior for the world. We talked about how Matthew's theme is fulfillment, and he wants to show the Jews that in Jesus Christ, uh, all the laws of the Old Testament are fulfilled in him. In the last episode, we talked about how Jesus shows himself to be the bread of life, the bread which came down from heaven. And as we're getting closer to Matthew 16, which is where he speaks of the church and Jesus' imminent death, as we reach the climax of Matthew 16, Matthew is strategically showing that Jesus not only fulfills the Old Testament, but he is the bread of life. And also, he is God in the flesh. In this particular passage of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, um, we, we're going to be talking about the storm. Now, I will say in my book, A Word to the Broken, in the first chapter, I speak of this passage, and it's called The Breaking Point. Uh, 
many people say as soon as they open the book within the first two minutes they they really start crying because uh it ministers directly to where people are in the storms of life and so for a full synopsis of this passage you are going to want to get a word to the broken and read the first chapter the breaking point but i do want to provide a brief overview uh, today of this thought um, in regards to our expository journey in the gospel of Matthew. Because Matthew is showing revelation. I apologize for being sick, guys. I do not, believe me, I do not want to feel this way. I feel terrible. Uh, but let me tell you something. We had 5 a.m. prayer this morning. And I was looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to being on this podcast today. Verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But now, but the ship was now in the midst of sea, tossed with waves, but the wind was contrary. What we have to understand here is that Jesus leaves the multitudes on the seashore and he brings the disciples into a ship in order to come into a storm. The first thing we have to understand that when you go through a storm in life, uh, that he only allows the chosen to come into the storm. That the multitudes, those that, are not going to be commissioned. They can't handle the storm, so they stay on the seashore. But for those that are chosen, God will always allow a storm to come to posture the chosen to get them ready for the next level. He compelled them to get into the ship. And as soon as they get in the ship, Jesus steps off the ship. That's amazing to me because... It's amazing that they obeyed God by getting into the ship, but ever since they obeyed God to get into the ship, things are getting tougher for them. Have you ever obeyed God and things got worse? Have you ever said yes to God and after your yes, a storm came? The storm is not a sign of your disobedience. Many times it's a sign of your obedience. It's not a sign of going backward. Many times it's a sign of going forward. It's not a sign that God has abandoned you. It's a sign that God trusts you. And so this storm, they're in this storm, and they're in the, in the fourth watch of the night. While they're in this storm tossed with waves, Jesus comes walking on the sea. He had to bring them into the storm so they could get revelation. The only way that they could get revelation was through some type of adversity. Adversity is a part of the journey of discipleship. It's not an easy journey, but it's worth it. Bible says that 
When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. And, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. This is the worst thing when you're going through a storm, when Jesus' first words to you are, Be happy, be of good cheer. Jesus is smiling in their storm. And if that doesn't make you want to run and leap for joy, another storm, he was sleeping. How comforting is it that Jesus is either smiling or sleeping in your storm? But he's smiling because he sees the end result of the storm. He's smiling because he's about to give you a revelation of his glory in the storm. He says, be of good cheer, be happy. Well, why should I be happy? Look what he says, it is I. And those three words in English are only translated as two words in the Greek, and that is I am. Be of good cheer because I am. Jesus is twinning himself. He is aligning himself closely, revealing his identity that he is Jehovah in the flesh, that he is the I am in the flesh, that the God that created the heavens and the earth and the God that gave the law and the God that split the Red Sea, the God that split the Jordan River, the God that did all these amazing things that he is now present in their storm. He reveals his fullness in the storm. He's revealing that I'm not just another prophet. I'm not just another God. I am the one God in the flesh right now in your storm. And so the question arises, is the storm worth going through for the revelation that you get out of it? And sometimes you have to make a decision that I'd rather go through something and get something than go through nothing but get nothing. I'd rather have hell on earth and go to heaven than to have heaven on earth and go to hell. Uh, sometimes God will use adversity to give us revelation. Um, he'll use adversity to push us into his presence Hell wants to use your storm against you to destroy you, to make you give up, to make you jump ship. But God is using it for you, to posture you, to get you aligned, to get you ready uh, to handle revelation. Um, the storm revealed who Jesus was. And many times when God is about to reveal his power in your life, He'll allow you to go through a season of adversity. Being with Jesus doesn't make you storm proof. Many times being with Jesus, Jesus' presence doesn't guarantee that a storm won't come, but it does guarantee that you'll make it through. When they first saw him walking on the sea, they said it is a spirit. That's what the Greeks used to describe a hallucination. They began to hallucinate in the storm. When you hallucinate, you just say, say crazy things. You say things like, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. But you know that's not true. He says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You should be happy and you should not be fearful. Why? Because it is I. I am. I'm in your storm. This word I am is what God used in Exodus 3 
to reveal himself to Moses before he went to go and deliver the children of Israel. So Jesus is saying that I am, I am that I am in the flesh. And that's funny. I can do a play on words there because when you look in Exodus 3, whenever God spoke to Moses when he said, who shall I say send, is sending me? He said, I am that I am, which really means that I am what I was, I am what I is, and I am what I always will be. Is that isn't that funny? But if you want to look at it through a prophetic lens, you could almost see uh, him saying, "I am that I am." That I am the God of the old, and I am the God of the new. I am that I am. It's as if he was lifting his finger and pointed it forward saying, I, I am that I am. I am in the past, the present, and the future. And there is an I am coming in the flesh that's, that's going to reveal my nature in the storm. Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. The thing that helps give you revelation of the I am of the Old Testament and the I am of the New Testament, what's in the middle of I am? I am in the old, I am in the new. What's in the middle? That. What's the that? Joe said, this is that which was spoken of, of the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. There's something about the spirit that allows you to have the revelation that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. He is that I am. And so uh, he reveals his nature in the storm. He reveals his fullness in the storm. There's something about the storm that allows you to see God's power. And this is what Jesus was, this is what Matthew was showing the Jews that you're worshiping Yahweh. Jesus is, is Yahweh. He is Yahweh who saves Jehovah, our savior. He is God in the flesh. And Matthew was writing during a time that you have to understand um, Roman uh, law and custom Rome did not allow any new religions to be uh, born. Uh, any new religion that would try to show itself, they would stamp out that religion. Uh, the Romans were infatuated with old religions. And so whenever they conquered and the Jews were under Jewish oppression, they allowed the Jews to worship Yahweh. Uh and but any little sect of any new thought or new religion, Rome would immediately step it out, stamp it out. And so whenever Jesus died, was buried and rose again, and um, he poured out his spirit. And the disciples were preaching that Jesus is Lord in Christ. The only way for Christianity to survive in the first century is them preaching that Jesus was Yahweh in the flesh. 
Because if they were preaching that Jesus was just a separate God, Christianity would have been stamped out immediately. But the early Christians, they were considered a sect of Judaism that we believe in Yahweh as well. We just believe that the that Yahweh was manifest in the flesh in Jesus Christ, Yahweh, our Savior, Jehovah, our Savior. And what we have to understand here is that the way they survived was because they weren't considered a new religion. They were considered a fulfillment of Judaism. And that's why Rome initially uh, was allowing it to thrive. That's why Paul could stand before the emperor of Rome. That's why uh, they were able to take advantage of the Roman laws because the only way that they are relevant is if Jesus is God. If they were introducing Jesus as another God, then it, that Christianity is not lasting past the first century. But because they were saying that he is Jehovah, he is Yahweh in the flesh, as, as Philip said, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. And Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, Philip, and have you not known me? The Father dwells in me, and he does the work. Second Corinthians chapter 5, to wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Um, Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. What Matthew is trying to show the Jews is like Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, and the God that you worshiped in the Old Testament, he is in the flesh. But the first time that we see Matthew alluding to Jesus being the I am in the flesh is in the storm. There's something about the storm that births revelation. There's something about pain and suffering and heartache that births revelation. Jesus is God. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. Everything's in him, according to Colossians. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are complete in him. But we, he gives the revelation, not when everything's going good, but when everything's going bad. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come unto thee on the water. The word Lord that Peter uses here is a Greek word called kurios. Kurios can be translated as Lord, Master, Sir, or Jehovah. If you notice in the in the New Testament, you'll never see the word Jehovah. You'll always see the word Kyrios, Lord, because anytime they want to use the word Jehovah, they use the Greek word Kyrios. Context determines meaning. When you look at the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament Greek translation, that the Bible, that the Old Testament that Jesus and the apostles used. Anytime you see the word Lord, it's always curios. Anytime you see them trying to use the word Jehovah, they use curios. 
And so here Peter says, Kyrios, Lord, or Jehovah. You see, he reveals that I am, I am the I am in the flesh. And Peter says, Jehovah, if it's really you, bid me come unto you on the water. If you're really the God of the Old Testament, if you're really that I am, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. He says, Lord, Curios, Jehovah, Jehovah, save me. And Jehovah, who is our Savior, which is what the name Jesus means, immediately stretched forth his hand and caught him. And when Peter came out of the water, he came out with fresh revelation and understanding that he is God in the flesh. Isn't this powerful? Isn't this powerful? He says, Lord, save me before he sinks and he's, he's drowning. He says, Lord, save me. Jehovah, save me. One God, save me. The God who my fathers worship, save me. And Jesus immediately stretched forth his hand and this is why in the next, in Matthew chapter 16, Peter could say, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He got that revelation when he was getting, uh, while he was sinking in that ship. And what I talk about in the book is you don't always fly into a revelation. Sometimes you sink into it. Some people think you can only get revelation by being super spiritual 24-7. Uh, that it's in this mounting, but many times the revelations of God are in the valley. It's when you don't know what to do. It's when you don't know where to go. That's how you unlock a greater revelation of who Jesus is. The Bible says that when they came into the ship, ship the wind ceased. As soon as he got the revelation and came into the ship, the wind ceased. Once you get the revelation God wants you to get in the storm, it's over. You got to ask yourself, what has God been teaching you in this storm? What has God been teaching you in this moment? Once you get it, the winds will start ceasing. The Bible says that they worshiped him and said, of a truth thou art the son of God. Notice it didn't say of a truth thou art God the son. It said of a truth thou art, you are the son of God, which is his messianic label, the anointed one. And then you just see in the next few verses that his fame begins to spread. People start getting wind that, this is God. God has come and, and to visit man. That's what the psalm says. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? God's mind was full of man. And because his mind was full of man, it led to him visiting man. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? And so God's mind was full of us. And it led to him coming to visit us. And when he came to visit us, he didn't send a part of him to visit us. In the visitation, it is his fullness. In the storm, that's where you see God's fullness. God is doing a work in you in this storm. Once again, I want to apologize for being sick on this podcast, but prayerfully I'm better tomorrow. But I did want to encourage you to hold on to God in the storm because revelation is coming. Power is coming. Demonstration is coming. And 
you don't expect to get revelation while you're drenched in rain. You don't expect to get revelation while a hailstorm is hitting your boat. You don't expect to get revelation while you're going through the darkest valley of your life. But many times that's where revelation is born. You're going to confess like Peter does two chapters later. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And I didn't fly into this revelation. I sank into it. It was whenever I was in depression, when I was in sickness, when I was in anxiety, that God showed me that he has all power and that he is not only the God of the past, but he's the God of the present and of the future. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so um, I want to encourage you in that front. Matthew is showing fulfillment that Jesus is God in the flesh and that he is Yahweh, he is Jehovah. And the God that revealed himself at the burning bush is the, is the same God that is revealing himself in the storm. Be blessed. Share this. I pray it's a blessing to you. Thank you so much for joining. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.